Kia ora and welcome. This is the New Zealand Wine Podcast. I'm Boris Lamont. Thanks for joining us again for part two of our conversation with Sir Graham Avery from Cellini Estates in Hawke's Bay on the east coast of New Zealand. If you'd like to find out more about Cellini Estates, just look them up online, s-i-l-e-n-i.co.nz. But right now, let's have a chat with Sir Graham. So I'd already had that interest in wine and I wanted to do something different that had an export orientation. And when you sell a business that's been your only job uh, and a very real passion, you can't plan a change. And I miss Adis being at the cutting edge of of creation of of new knowledge, Mm -hmm. uh, an incredible uh, staff uh, we had here and and internationally. Uh, But you need to move on. So I knew of Grant Edmonds, who is chief winemaker. Uh, His older brother had worked for me for 25 years, and Grant used to write uh, an article uh, for GPs in one of our publications about wine. So I knew Grant and rang him up one day and said, you know, how about... uh, a vineyard, I found a nice north-facing slope in Pawanui where we had a holiday home and Grant in his usual droll, dry way said, I can think of plenty of better places to come down and have a chat. (laughs) And he was in Hawke's Bay. Not the Coromandel. Not the Coromandel, too wet. Uh, Suffice it to say that (laughs) there are a couple of vineyards up there and uh, but it's just too humid. Mm. So I did do that, and and I knew Hawke's Bay very well. Uh, my grandparents on my mother's side lived there, and and every school holidays we used to visit. So I knew the area and, yeah. and felt comfortable there. So sorry, when was this? When this was 1997. Okay, okay. Yeah, it okay. was August 97. And um, my wife and I were going to Whistler to see our daughter, who was a professional tourist in those days, and <laughs> was um, skiing in Whistler. So I said to Grant, we'll do a little business plan and let's have a look at it when we're back September. Mm-hmm. And so, the wine industry was already, obviously, you know, fairly established. In, in it was state. very, very small. Mm. And, and one key metric that sort of influenced me uh, to move into wine, leaving aside the, the interest that I acquired in, in food and wine from Italy in particular, was that when I sold the business, the turnover of, of ADIS was in excess of the $90 million New Zealand dollar right. export value <laughs> of wine. Yeah. In 1996, I said, mm. that's crazy mm. because we used to give New Zealand wine to our best pharmaceutical clients in, in Europe and the Americas uh, for Christmas and they loved it, Right, uh, particularly the Italians. Um, so not so very long ago. We're talking sort of, you know, just 20 years or so ago. Yeah, well, that's mm. right. Mm. And, and, and so I said, you know, boy, the... We can do better mm. than that. 
Well, there it and is. I think at the time there might have only been a hundred and something producers. Yeah. Today it is yeah. well over seven hundred. Frankly, too many. So that's that's a good example then. So you saw the opportunity. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And and I'd had experience in export market. There's another dimension that uh, Grant and I um, had a, a a similar philosophy. Uh, and that was the wine style that we wanted to make had to be what they call food-friendly. The style had to be that which you could enjoy with local cuisine. Mm-hmm. And we never set out, and still today we don't make the big over-extracted wines that win awards. Right. They're just not food wines. Yep. You can't drink some of them to mm-hmm. enjoy with food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get our fair share of awards, including trophies in international competitions, along the way. But the style of our wines are lighter, more elegant, made to enjoy with cuisine. Mm-hmm. Our style of Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, uh, we blend in Semillon and riper Hawke's Bay Sauvignon deliberately to cut back the excessive assertiveness, aggressiveness of Marlborough wine. Mm-hmm. You know, you can enjoy a glass as an aperitif, but boy, it's tough going through a whole meal. Yeah. Uh, and that means, you know, we get our fair share of golds and, and, and trophies with our, our seller selection entry-level Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, we'd get more if we made, you know, 100% Marlborough style, but that is not a good food wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the name Selene is also uh, very important because... Uh, in uh, Greek mythology, uh, the Selene uh, and the older satire, they were the demigods of Dionysus in Greek mythology and Bacchus in Roman mythology, mm-hmm. the god of wine, the god of the vineyard. And in Greek mythology, uh, Dionysus was also god of the theatre. And the Selene were... The, the vintage deities, the party guys who celebrated the end of a good harvest with food, wine and people company. Uh, and, and that is the, the setting for which we make our wines and the triangle part of the logo um, symbolises those three components. Right, okay. Great wine, great food, great company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even uh, even that's probably for you to um, to specifically commit to making wines that go with food. Uh, you know, over the past uh, decade, and probably certainly the last sort of five, seven years, we've we've seen a real um, rise in interest uh, from you know all across society in, the, in, in food and wine. Um, you know, the reality shows around cooking um, and just the interest in people cooking themselves and cooking at home, um, the different types of ingredients you can buy, that, that's even um, eating out, you know, here in Auckland. It's certainly an industry that's grown considerably over the last 10 years. Yes, well, it is. Um, 
No, let me say uh, there are many other producers from New Zealand and, and other producing countries where the wines are, are great with cuisine. Um, but the, there has been a, re, a real rekindling of interest in, in an appropriate wine to enjoy with the, the, the dish. Yes, but that only happens... Uh, as a, a wine-drinking nation matures. Mm-hmm. But what it is doing is uh, creating a need uh, for wines that can be enjoyed with local cuisine. Mm-hmm. And our lighter style has certainly uh, travelled very well for us in Europe and, and across Asia. Um, and uh, China is is an amazing country for cuisine. Twenty six different local cuisines, mm-hmm. uh, lighter, uh, none are heavy, um, some spicy, uh, and the, the great difficulty with a traditional Chinese meal, of course, is the dishes all come out at once, and therefore you 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 have to be able to choose a, a couple of wines that go across that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sauvignon Blanc fits the 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 the, the seafood and, and fish courses and and the light style Pinot Noir we make is absolutely ideal with the the duck, the mushroom, roast pigeon that you get in, in some of the provinces. Uh, you could use rosé mm-hmm. uh, or a sparkling wine. So that is important. But at a consumer level, um, and China illustrates this, Korea does, um, Japan to a lesser extent, uh, they're wanting to teach the locals how to use and cook Western ingredients. So... You have to get involved in recipe creation uh, to support the the promotion of your wines and work with the retailers who want to do the same because imported wines in Asia, uh, certainly in China, are you know, three to four times or more the price of the largely undrinkable domestic wines. Uh, so uh, you have to work really in, in those retailers that are largely imported product, mm-hmm. higher price imported product. So you're appealing to more affluent groups and the expats shop there as, as well. But you know, wine, food plus travel today, which is a, another dimension mm. uh, Mm. Uh, the interesting ingredients that you need to understand and work yep. with, which is what I enjoy. And, you know, we could never eat the pharmaceutical products that we <laughs> reviewed at Aidas, but you can certainly enjoy the fruits of our labour with Selene. Yeah, yeah. And and so the uh, varietals you produce at, at Selene – um, so not all from the Hawke's Bay? So you- um, 70% of, of our production is, is Marlborough. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the rest is, is Hawke's Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc, Marlborough, the, the, the major. 
varietal, then uh, a growing um, chunk of the business is Hawke's Bay Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. uh, and then that would be followed by Hawke's Bay Pinot Gris. Uh, Chardonnay has sort of gone down a bit, but there are signs that it's coming back. It, it is, of course, the greatest of, of varieties for food. And that's Hawke's Bay? You have and Chardonnay Hawke's Bay. Hawke's Bay. Yep. Yeah, Hawke's Bay is the capital of Chardonnay yep. in New Zealand, despite mm. what Gisborne might say. <laughs> um, and uh, Merlot. Merlot has been, I think, uh, uh, or any of the Bordeaux red blends uh, we use merlot because it ripens consistently uh, and blend that with with cabernet franc um, it, it's much harder than marlborough sauvignon blanc or even pinot gris to make it distinctively different mm-hmm. uh, from elsewhere uh, and we have to continue to work on that you, mm. you're seeing the, the biggest proportion of that which we produce is, is Asia. Uh, a little bit into Europe for Merlot, we do very well with Pinot Noir and Europe and uh, Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, and Syrah coming, um, more a Northern Rhone style, uh, but there's just not enough in the ground to make it a, a commercially successful proposition right. so it'll always be a niche varietal that mm-hmm. just isn't the available land to develop and that is the huge challenge to the New Zealand wine industry moving forward that Marlborough is just about planted out huge water supply challenges Hawke's Bay a bit more land uh, but it too will soon be planted out mm-hmm. so the consequence of that uh, you know, we're acquiring every vineyard that comes up for sale that we can in Marlborough and Hawke's Bay. Mm. Uh, uh, and that will continue, and I think you will see over the next five years um, the smaller producers being acquired by larger-sized producers just to get continuing grape supply, supply for mm. growth. Mm. And... While it's easy to say, well, let's put up our prices and, you know, that'll give us a bit more supply. It doesn't work like that uh, in the sense that there was a huge surplus in in vintage 08 and that continued through 11. Uh, It had to be sold. Uh, The prices were, were lower and that created a whole new customer base those who could not afford at the then prevailing prices uh, in Australia, uh, certainly Europe and the newer markets of Eastern Europe and even the UK. Um, uh, And that sucked up all the surplus, created a, a new demand for continuity. So if prices went up today and there's no market in the world where... Prices are going up. They're all trending down, including here in New Zealand. That is for everyday, mid-priced, high-quality wines. Uh, And if prices went up, well, you'd lose your volume Mm. and you'd have a surplus again. 
So New Zealand is in kind of a bind, and we are with all of our agribusiness products. We can't produce any more grass for dairy cows. Uh, There's not any more suitable land for dairy cows. So dairy is going to have to go for higher added value globally branded products Mm. to push it out or novel Uh, added value products, and you see signs of that already. Mm -hmm. The sea, I think, is unexplored. Aquaculture is is still a a route Mm. for New Zealand. and um, So it's a changing world, and and you just have to think differently. But what I think will happen in New Zealand that, you know, 10 years, I think there will be less than half the number of producers that we see today. Right. Um, Because, uh, and there'll always be a place for the genuine boutique producer, and Mm. and they're very, very important to to give differences in in style and and the personalities that sit behind those those brands. And the ideas, but those who need to play... Uh, in in the market for the average consumer, and it's those wines you know where you make your profit, and and, and the higher end wines where you make your reputation. Uh, you just have to have scale. For example, in the last three years uh, before twenty fifteen, we had to sell a hundred thousand cases a year more just to absorb the year-on-year more adverse exchange rate. Right. Horrific. Mm, mm. And if we hadn't got to the scale that we did at that time, we wouldn't be in business today. Right. You right. just bank an ever-declining margin. Right. Mm, okay. And, and so where do you, where do you see the, the next innovations in, in wine? Um, where, are they, where do they lie for you? I mean, you've got the, um, the Nano. Is that something pretty recent Yeah, the, 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 the Nano is a 187 Metal PET bottle with a, a clip-on cup, um, shelf life up to uh, 24 months. We developed the intellectual property uh, jointly with Paul Sapan, uh, Europe's leading small format mm-hmm. producer and, and bottler in Macon in, in, in France. Uh, and we have that in a, an, a limited New Zealand range, uh, and there's some product from Chile and south of France. But we're now finding that the format is so successful, we're going to have to widen the varietal range and will extend into California and Italy and and Ah. Spain. Mm -hmm. Uh, And unfortunately, with those small formats, particularly for events, sports stadia, outdoor concerts... Uh, the caterers go for the cheapest wine that they can buy, and a lot of it is crap, mm. uh, frankly. And people just don't buy wine at those. And you know, we've done reasonably well here in New Zealand at concerts where the consumer wants to, you know, enjoy a decent wine because mm. it's the same wine in that format as in our seven fifty ml glass bottle. Right, uh, but you. 
you have to sort of follow what the customer is prepared to pay mm. and, and therefore we need high-quality wine from other producing countries to uh, better meet, you know, those business opportunities. And right. with, you know, high-quality wine uh, uh, for entry level at a quarter of the price that we can produce wine mm. for. Mm. Um, uh, in fact, even less than a quarter. Uh, and, and that is the, the real challenge for New Zealand, that the vineyards are small and... Uh, bottles, dry goods are tiny. We're only, what, 0.5, maybe 1% of total world wine production. Uh, so we just can't compete at that, that scale mm. level. Mm. But in terms of innovation, you've just got to be continually you know, uh, offering a better quality wine or the best quality that you can every har uh, harvest, uh, uh, Market pricing, so you deliver good value and looking at at other ways in, in which um, you can uh, develop products, whether that's blends or different formats. And I have to say, you have to look at other alcoholic beverages because Today, wine is competing for share of throat, certainly with the, the, the younger end of the millennial age generation, the 20 to 35-year-olds with craft beer, enormous success, mm. and now fruit-infused craft beers mm -hmm. with cider, uh, lower percentage alcohol than, than, than wine, and the theatre of, of spirits mixology. Mm -hmm. uh, water. And and how about f for you, Sir Graham? What's um, what's next on the horizon for you? What's uh, yeah? What gets, I, you, I, what gets you up and going every morning? What are you looking forward to in two thousand and sixteen? Oh, the young kids. Um, we don't have enough uh, sort of twenty-five-year-olds and under in the business. Uh, there, where the new ideas and, and thinking is going to come from. Uh, they're digitally connected, most of them too much so. It's embracing digital technology in 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 marketing, brand communication, and all all of the other sorts of things that you can do. And, and new nanotechnology, nano chips. Uh, you know, we here at the institute we we put transponders on the swimmers and sends off uh, a signal to the cameras ahead and, and uh, that allows the, the, the video analysis and biomechanical analysis and the ABs have using, been using those transponders in, in their training and maybe they're embedded in some of their new Adidas uniforms. <laughs> I just don't know. Uh, um, to, you know, measure, you know, the distances they run, physiological information on recovery, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and we're going to see that on a bottle of wine, mm. a little nanotransponder. Mm -hmm. It will come. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we're experimenting with primitive versions of that at the, at the present time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Which will allow you, as, as, as a producer, to know exactly what you're Yeah, we'll your be able to connect with our end consumer yeah. and then drive them to the retailers who have our products or the restaurants. And, mm. uh, really exciting, and virtual reality is just a, around the corner. Mm. You know, I just wish I was a five year old. So it, it, it's. It, it, it's harnessing the the, the technology of, of the future mm. uh, into what you're doing in, in business, and that will cut across the whole business, vineyard, winery, uh, support systems, and we're really going to have to upskill all our staff, including myself, uh, in what all that means mm. and, and employ more and more younger people. Mm. Um so it, it's an exciting future, and in that sense, uh, my two sons are in the business, and Nigel, who is uh, in the USA establishing our new US company, will be back uh, around the middle of next year, and I'll hand over the baton to him for... okay. The operational chores, but I'll still be there to the bitter end in terms of strategic thinking and new product development and board work and sort of doing the key account sort of PR schmoozing that you have to do. So, uh, and continuing to make uh, a bigger input of time here at AUT Millennium Institute and the same sort of thing in establishing um, a high-performance sports hub in, in Hawke's Bay. Well, um, thanks to Graham. It's been, a, it's been a real pleasure. We do uh, appreciate your time. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, certainly uh, looking forward to what new innovations and, and what other things you'll be involved with over the, uh, over the coming years. I'm sure it will continue on. And, um, yeah, thanks for having us here at the uh, Millennium Institute. Pleasure. Cheers. That concludes our conversation with Sir Graham Avery from Selene Estates. If you'd like to find out more, just look them up online and be sure to check out podcast.nz for some more of the New Zealand Wine podcast and some other great shows. Thanks for listening in. Hey, corner mai. Bye for now.